Welcome to the Kick-Ass Conferences talk show. I'm Nessa Jimenez, the Operations Manager for Kick-Ass Conferences. And I'm Isaac Watson, Executive Producer. Yes, and this is a talk show where we sit down and talk everything conferences. Um, thanks for joining us this week. Our topic is measuring success of a conference, either online or off. So, like always, I always like to start with definitions before we start talking about like what the answer is, just to make sure that we're all on the same track, right? Um, so why don't we start first with like defining success? Because I feel like for an event, for a conference, it's different than for a business itself. Would you agree with that? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, and and it's always good to define these things up front mm -hmm. um, because if you don't know what they are, how are you going to measure them? Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, so I think there are a couple things that you have to define when you're looking at how to measure your success. First of all, what are your goals? Why are you even having an event? What, what is the motivation behind doing this? If you don't have a clear understanding of that, right. I think that that's going to make it hard to determine if you met those goals, right? Yeah, because if you can't clearly tell someone this is why we're doing it, how am I able to say then it was successful because X, Y, Z, right? So yes, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, let's talk about some of the actual goals. So mm -hmm. um, this could be a marketing thing, right? Maybe you have a product or a service you're trying to sell and ha hosting a conference around it is a good way to sell that. I would question that motive, but that is a motive that we encounter. Yeah, like, yeah, we've talked about that before, but exactly. And, and, yeah. and I think we'll have a topic on that alone Absolutely. Yes. Uh, another day. <laughs> um, but marketing is definitely one thing. Uh, community building. And that's, I think, one of the, one of the most, um, I guess, it, relevant and valuable things you could do with a conference is bringing people together and strengthening the relationship that you have with them and that they have with each other. Uh, and, and then I think that there is also an element of, uh, pardon the air quotes, but thought leadership, right? So um, being able to demonstrate your expertise in a particular industry, um, being able to gather uh, and your network of of individuals who have expertise on a particular topic and uh, convene people around consuming that content, I guess, yeah. is a way to is a way to look at it. That, I think those are probably the main goals that we see as as we look at people who organize conferences. Um, some, I guess, some of it too is just education, right? So, yeah, I was going to say that, like related to the last point, education. So if you, if you're there for a topic, right, and your goal is to teach that's a valid goal because that's something you can measure right like if i wanted to teach people to cook did i actually achieve that right and that's yes. through the content and all of that so definitely and, but, and that's easy because it's a very tangible thing to yeah measure, exactly right? did people learn x y or z yeah yeah so but i agree those are like the main um like goals for conferences there are of course like little sub Right, goals that we could get into, but we won't do that right now. Um, but I'd also say, like, when thinking about your goals, you also have to think about who is involved in the conference, who are the the, the stakeholders of the conference, right? Like exactly. Um, and there are different. Your stakeholders can come from different places. So, if you're 
a company or, or an organization that um, is supporting the production of this conference. You're going to have stakeholders in your managers, in the executives, in the people who are leading that organization. Um, even if you're self-organizing, mm-hmm. where you're the primary stakeholder, you're also going to have uh, stakeholders in the form of sponsors or partners with the yeah. event. Uh, your speakers are stakeholders too, right? They're contributing content to your event. And so they have a stake in how that is produced, how that is received, and how the conference succeeds or does not, because that will benefit or um, work against their needs. Yeah, because you're adding to the list of goals, because maybe your primary goal is education, but since you brought a sponsor in, their primary goal is getting emails, right? Um, Adding emails to their list. So obviously, their goal is not the same as yours, but it doesn't necessarily take away from each other. Like you can achieve both of those things, but you have to be aware that they're there, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, I would argue that the most important stakeholder that often isn't considered a stakeholder is actually the audience and the people who are yes. attending your events. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, So when we're talking about defining success, I think that we really need to think about what the audience needs Mm -hmm. and what the audience's goals are so that you can then define the audience's experience and their journey through your event um, to be able to evaluate whether that was successful. Yeah. What does the audience need from this conference, whether it is education, whether it is networking, meeting other people? Um, Maybe it's just fun, right? Like they just want to enjoy weekend of doing whatever at the conference um that absolutely needs to be on the list of goals and i find that sometimes unfortunately uh they get dropped off the list and that's not great right um so yeah absolutely we need to think about what do the attendees need from this event what 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 are their goals why are they coming because again my favorite question why do they care essentially they care about their goals whatever that is so if you're not adding that to your own goals list that that i feel like that's a big zero right like that's a big failure right from the beginning if you're already like dropping the attendees off your list yeah i i think if if you ignore the fact that the audience is trusting you as an organizer to with their time with their attention if they're surrendering themselves to what you are planning and you're not considering what they need or what right right? like that you're right big fat zero like yeah yeah (laughs) that's like oh failure already that's not cool yeah (laughs) yeah um so i think we have a clear list of like when we define success like what what should be on the list right like what are your goals, the stakeholders, the attendees, right? Everybody. So, so you bring this all together in like a brainstorming session and you should have a, a, a list at the end of the day of like, okay, these are the goals of the event and these are the goals for which people, right? But, um, and I think especially now that we're seeing more virtual conferences, when we get into the metrics of actually measuring success, of actually proving did I succeed in this event with my goals? I think we're starting to get muddled because when we're at an in-person event, 
the metrics that that were used and are still going to be used right once we get back in, in person they're slightly different from virtual conferences the metrics and i think a, a mistake that a lot of people are making with the virtual events is like just because you can measure certain things online that you couldn't do in person doesn't mean you should right like just because you can know like somebody clicked on this thing for two seconds like does that really tell you anything about your goals like it really depends right so yeah let's get into to talking about that the metrics we have our goals so how do we prove that we succeeded or not so i i think when it comes to metrics it's kind of similar to uh, the way that people tend to measure success on social media through analytics, on the way that they tend to measure uh, you know, website traffic or things like that. So on, on a broad perspective, that kind of data can be helpful. We want to know, are people actually interacting? Are they engaging? What percentage of people actually showed up and are watching? That kind of stuff is helpful because we want to know how many bodies were in the room, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, but getting down into the like granular, oh, well, did they, um, you know, did they click over to the schedule page? Well, like, who cares, right? Like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, maybe if an attendee comes and says, oh, well, I had no idea what was going on. And then you can go back and say, oh, well, it looks like you missed the schedule page. So maybe that's a communication error, right? Okay, so that could be helpful. But like, if you're talking about success, broadly speaking, and how we're measuring that, really fine-grained metrics aren't going to be that helpful. It can be a little deceiving. Um, you, you could say, oh, well, we can measure ROI so much better, except that you can't really, because they don't tell you what you actually need to know is you know, a, a number of clicks on a button going to tell you, you know, how how you achieved your goal? No. It's just da it's data um, overload, right? Like, yes. Um, and from the app's perspective, they always want to sell it to you. Like, yes, we're giving you all these data points and that's awesome. And we're giving you control. But at the end of the day, it's data overload. Because if you don't know what to do with the data, if you don't have a clear reason for this is why I'm collecting this and a clear way to interpret it, because data just for data, it doesn't mean anything. It has to be interpreted. Like, what does it mean? This piece of data means X, Y, Z, right? But we get to the point of data overload with just because I can collect it, I collect it. Now I have it. But what does it mean? Right. And and this yeah. and this granular. And you're right about it's I'm not saying like there are just data points that don't matter, but it doesn't matter to everyone and in every situation. If I'm trying to measure the I don't know, I'm trying to measure how many people visited the sponsor areas for example, which is a big one, which sponsors tend to like to have that information. Um, that's fine. But when we start getting into like, okay, they spent two seconds looking at this section of this thing on this sub page and this, that doesn't necessarily mean anything if you don't know how to interpret that. 
Right. Exactly. Uh, so on the sponsor note, and maybe this is a tangent, but mm -hmm. I think one of the things that drives me nuts is especially with virtual events. So sponsors are getting more uh, discerning about what they will and won't sponsor and what value they have in sponsoring a virtual event. And in some respects, that's it's always good to be discerning and to be very intentional. But this is has turned an organizer's focus onto demonstrating ROI through analytics like this. How many clicks through your sponsor booth? How many, you know, people engaged? What what I would challenge out of that is how is the sponsor tracking ROI in an in-person event? Yes. <laughs> and how is that different? Mm -hmm. And, you know, are, are sponsors actually clicking a little attendee counter for every person that comes up to their booth in person? I don't yeah. think they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they're measuring it in the relationships that they're building. They're measuring it in the conversations that they're having, which cannot be tracked with data points. Yeah. And we had a conversation with, with a, a sponsor rep not that long ago where they were asking us for like these types of data points and things like that. But and as we kept the conversation going, they actually said that the biggest value for them was like the, the conversations and the building relationships and the making friendships with the attendees. And I was thinking, okay, th then that doesn't make sense. Then why are you trying to solely measure you know, for the report, I guess, for the supervisors, like these data points. And then you're telling me, oh no, but the biggest benefit we get from events is is like these other things that you can't measure in numbers, right? Yes. I, and I think that that's the problem is that because the analytics exist, it therefore gets prioritized, yes. even though it's not helpful. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. and so that's, I think that's a clear distinction to make. Um, shifting slightly, I want to talk about the types of data that is good to collect. Like, what are some beneficial things? I mean, we, we mentioned like sponsor, like visitors to booth, like, I could see how that could be helpful, mm -hmm. even if it's not actually useful. I could see how it'd be, be helpful from a yeah. sponsor's <laughs> perspective. From an organizer's perspective, some of the things that I'm interested in um, are the the relationships. So, you know, we're talking again about virtual events where people are coming together distributed uh, from their homes or from, you know, their laptops, uh, and they are participating in this event. So we're really trying to measure engagement. Well, what does that engagement look like? Mm -hmm. And it is, it's about the networking. It's about the personal relationships that they're building. It's about how they're engaging in the chat. Um, those are the types of things that aren't as easily measured through traffic analytics mm -hmm. as they are by those platforms who say, oh yes, this person scheduled, you know, 30 one-on-one -on -one meetings with other attendees. Oh, that's, that's actually useful. That shows somebody who was interested in engaging with other attendees. That has nothing to do with the conference content. That has nothing to do with, uh, you know, a sponsor's um, uh, content in a yeah. booth. Um, that's, that's about person to person stuff. Um, so, that that kind of data is helpful, um, but I, you're right. It's the really granular stuff that it's like, well, it's there, but just because it's there doesn't mean we should prioritize it. Right, right. And and 
coming back to like it, it comes down to qualitative versus quantitative right and there's value in both but not necessarily in everything you have to like really be clear on what is the goal you're trying to measure and what what will tell you what you want to know um, yes so i think we can move on then into how like what kind of, of things do we typically do that we can maybe suggest to other people uh, to possibly right analyze these goals? Yeah, I think uh, as much as we've been trained to uh, dislike them, surveys mm-hmm. are key. Mm-hmm. Um, and those surveys can help gather both qualitative and quantitative data. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's important to focus on, pardon the play on words, but quality quantitative data, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want the quantitative information that's that actually tells us something, not, and this goes back to the analytics, the, not data for data's sake. So crafting a survey to both gather concrete data points as well as anecdotal information. Um, that's the qualitative end of things is, is the stories and the experiences and giving people an opportunity to share that information um, with the organizers to help inform um, their discussions. I just attended a virtual conference last week and they sent out uh, an event survey after a post-event survey. And it included both of that, it, you know, rating on a scale of one to five, yeah. um, things like what was your favorite type of content? Cause they had various formats as well as open-ended questions like, you know, what was your, what, what was the thing you learned the most? Or, um, if you could change one thing, what would it be? Things like that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. keep keeping things open-ended. And then the other thing that we like to do beyond surveys is to actually go deeper because mm-hmm. people are generally, unless you're talking about like super negative reviews where people are just, you know, going on and on at length as yeah. if they were posting <laughs> Yelp um, about your event, <laughs> that, that generally speaking, open-ended survey responses are going to be terser and uh, less in-depth than conversations. So uh, what we do with our clients at the end of each event is we identify, you know, three to five attendees that kind of stand out to us across a demographic spectrum um, and schedule follow-up one-on-one interviews, or mm-hmm. in our case, it's two-on-one because we're both involved with that. Yeah. Where We're actually having a conversation with them, just open-ended, like, tell us about your experience have you been to this event before? Um, what were your goals going into it, if any? Did you feel like you met those? And we can have uh, let people open up and tell us more and more about what they learned and what they experienced through the event in a way that a survey will not expose that data. Mm-hmm. Um, and those and it's become... not designed to. Right. Yeah. Um, but those interviews, those attendee interviews that we have, inform the reporting on the experience that we do because they are um, deeper qualitative Mm -hmm. data points 
that really help us measure the success. Now, obviously, five attendees are not going to be representative of 500, Mm -hmm. but um, it does help to kind of learn more in depth about the um, the individual experiences and the impact you're having on individual people, which can mm-hmm. have a lot of meaning as you're measuring your success. Yeah. And in conversations, people will share things that they would never share in a survey because a survey, I mean, a good survey is quick, right? You fill it in, you move on. It's not meant to, for a story, <clears throat> excuse me, but like you say, like people are mad, right? Might write a bunch of stuff, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, but yeah, in these conversations, people will tell you stories, uh, deep stories about themselves, about their experience, about things that happen after the event that you're not going to get from a survey. And I think it helps us write the story of the conference from a different perspective, right? Like it's a uh, uh, an eye in the room perspective that as an organizer you're never going to get because you're running around taking care of the behind the scenes things right um and with surveys and you're right we don't like surveys surveys are no one's favorite but a big issue with that is when people ask questions in surveys that they don't need to be asking again like why are you collecting all this data but you're not really going to do anything with it. And so the survey becomes like this 30 question monstrosity that nobody wants to fill out. (laughs) Right. Every single question in that survey should have a specific end goal in mind as far as what you are trying to assess from it. Yeah. Um, You know, trying to understand, you know, ranking speakers of most favorite to least favorite. Is that actually helpful? Yeah. Like, why are you, are you giving awards to speakers yeah yeah like, are you trying to why? understand yeah like why yeah why, why really why? do you want to know this yeah like if, if you have if there was a valid reason great fantastic include it but i find that with surveys they're just asking because they saw another conference ask that same question yeah. and so they just kind of think that that's what you're supposed to do and then they never do anything with that information I would also say we need to start questioning why do we ask for uh, gender and race and all of this stuff in these types of surveys if that's not going to tell us anything either. Like, I understand an event where their goal is, okay, we want to have more women this year, right? Mm -hmm. And a way to measure that, like, hey, did more women attend, right? We can ask that question. Right. But if that's not something that you have a specific goal around, why are you asking this question? Yeah, I mean, if your attend if your event is specifically targeted at people who identify as women, then why do you need to collect that data? Yes, right? Why like, are you asking je- exactly? Like, <laughs> then it doesn't matter because exactly. it's kind of obvious. But again, um, that's one of those questions that people ask because that's kind of what we've always asked, and we don't even think about it. We just write it down, and then, yeah. So I would say question, really question the questions that you're asking the audience. Like, why? Why do you want to know these things? Yeah. And and I think that that helps in your evaluation process. If you know clearly why you are asking each question on a survey, then when those results come in, you're going to know exactly what those results are telling you and how that's going to affect your future planning. And those, um, whether it's the survey responses or whether it's attendee interviews, those 
that data, whether quantitative or qualitative, is going to help you challenge the assumptions you've made around your attendees' goals. It's going to help you help you evaluate. Uh, the effectiveness of the content or the programming that you put together. It's going to help you evaluate whether or not you met your stakeholders goals. Um, so I think that that is really important. And, and I, I've seen some people recently challenge the notion of doing a post-event survey in the first place. I think mm-hmm. they're still really valuable. Mm-hmm. I think that's information that you're not going to be able to gather uh, inherently through the production of an event. And I think that that information is really useful if you do it correctly. Yeah. And not only is that informing, did we succeed with this event, but it should also inform, okay, now what, what are we going to do the next time? What are we doing next year? Um, so yeah, they totally have value. I can't imagine not doing them because that feels to me like throwing something out there and then having no idea how people felt about it. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like uh, no, I can't, I need to know. <laughs> I need to know if people enjoyed themselves. <laughs> all right. So summing it all up then, wh- what can we say as like a, a parting note for people? Like how do we measure success? You have to know your goals going into it and that's goals across your stakeholders. Um, the spectrum of stakeholders. You have to be able to measure qualitative and quantitative data um, and then evaluate. Be honest, like don't take it personally when you get negative feedback. Mm -hmm. You have to see it for what it is and be able to discern, is that valid? Is this specific to this individual's experience? Um, How can that inform a better experience the next time around? Same with the positive feedback. We don't want to live in a in an echo chamber of of um, you know cheerleading ourselves. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but we want to be able to make good decisions and set better goals um, or set the right goals going into future events based on the feedback that we receive. So I think those are it's that pre and post. You've got to have the right goals and the right um, definitions of success up front. And then you have to have the right data points to be able to measure against those goals. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Isaac. And thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. If you found our conversation helpful in any way, I invite you to share it with other people and you can find us online at kickassconf.com. Thanks for joining us. See you later. (laughs)